Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. My name is Darian Douglas, and this is The Working Artist Project. And Gregory Ajit is here also. What up, Greg? Good evening, Mr. Douglas. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. We, Hey, look, man, we on New Orleans time tonight. We're about 10 minutes late, but that's all right. <laughs> it's all good. As long, look, all as, long good. as the hit happens. That's, that's like, right. It's the, only, it's the most important right. thing. We got a couple people here already in the house, man. And um, tonight's going to be a good night, man. I'm, I'm excited about tonight. It's, it's the night of hip hop, baby. How about that? Also, family family night. You know, we got we got we got some some family in the house. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. And we gonna we gonna get to that in just a second. But before we do, we want to uh, do some housekeeping, and uh, we want to remind you guys that we have a a summer camp or or really just an education initiative happening here, June fourteenth through June twenty fifth. It's called Sanaa Music Workshop, and you can go to our website, secondlinearts.org, to sign up for that. It's absolutely free. And we got some bad mother mm, teaching some classes, you know, Bria Skomberg, Marquise Hill, Scott Johnson, Stephen Land, so many people. And so y'all go over there and check that out. But what you it's got crazy to, to think that this whole uh, this this whole venture started with the Sanaa Music Workshop, and five Absolutely. years later, this is where we're at. Absolutely, <laughs> doing all kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> That's right, but, man. You know, we everywhere. I just wanted to shout out real quick uh, a, co- a couple uh, incredible organizations who are bringing you the Sanaa Music Workshop, and and we're able to hold it for free this year uh, because of uh, some very generous donations from the Jazz and Heritage Festival and also the, the Bornstein family. And uh, something that, you know, again, like this, this all started as an educational venture to, to help elevate uh, the, the next generation of musicians and, and as an opportunity also for Darian and I to, you know, just give back to the community and yep. <laughs> share the things that we've learned over the last couple of years. And uh, it, it's, it's just really cool that we're able to um, actually do everything for free this year. So thank you so much to uh, both those organizations and uh, the, the Bornstein family for hooking that up. Yeah, I don't want to leave out EPNO because they gave us a grant too. And uh, hey, man, look, we need all the money we can get. So y'all can also donate. So go to our website, hit that donate button. It's going to a good, good cause. All right, let's get, oh. One more thing, newsletter. Go to our website, sign up for the newsletter. Greg gives, uh, he sends pictures of himself once a week and they're very special. So uh, you don't want to miss it. Yo, let's get right into it. NFTs. (laughs) Oh, the (laughs) NFTs, baby. The NFTs. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, here we go. We got got the one and only tonight, AJ Hall. He is a master percussionist, master producer, master beat maker. Uh, he's also an amazing person and a great father, man. I think uh, the only thing I think's wrong with AJ, I think he's from Florida, man. But everything else, <laughs> everything else is cool, man. <laughs> oh just, man! Just oh, well, I, was, I was wondering where you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I, I like I like AJ. I don't like Florida, but I like AJ. Out of but all AJ. the things picked wrong, you could you, like out of all the things you pick Florida. That's light. That's light work. <laughs> 
all the things you could have said wrong, Florida is Florida is the last thing I would pick. <laughs> really? Oh man. AJ. Well, let's let's start the conversation. No. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Well, what else is let's there, AJ? That. <laughs> yeah, what else? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey man, that's 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 great timing, man. That's a great timing, man. Y'all welcome AJ Hall. What's happening, y'all? Working right. artist project. Going on. Oh my God, we got a laugh track. We got a clap track. Yeah, bro, I got everything over here. Yeah. I got everything over here. There you got production value. <laughs> love that. I love that. Um, AJ, so give us give us an overview, man, because because you kind of pivoted your career lately. Yeah. Into pl to playing. I mean, kind of forced, but also it seems like it's been a blessing from playing every night to producing beats. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's you know, yeah. it was either. I mean, it you know, there wasn't much of a choice. To as far as playing went, because back in April, April 2020 was when everything really started to go downhill, right? So right, right. After that, it was like, all right. So and and we were, my wife and my daughter and I were in the process of selling our house in New Orleans. Okay. Like in April 2020, when everything was going down, and it just got to oh, the wow. point, like there, I'm I'm gonna write a book about it later. There's a whole. It was a trek. <laughs> of wow. It was a whole lot of stuff that we had to go through. Like we. Lived in my in-laws' house for like three months, and then we were gonna get this house, and then the, then like the sale was gonna fall through, and then it didn't, and then it was gonna go well, and then it didn't again, and then we're, wow. we're you know like everything that went wrong could have went wrong, like you know we're at the closing, and we finish, and they don't have the keys. They're like, oh, your realtor didn't give you the keys. We're like, no, <laughs> Jesus, so that's had, an yeah, important thing like, to have when just, you buy a yeah. house, right? And then. You know, the movers bailed on us the day of. Like, it, it, everything that could have gone wrong getting this house could have gone wrong. Uh, but long story short, like, there wasn't much of a choice because I was still doing a couple of streaming gigs with Cleary at the time, going in and out of New Orleans. But, it, you know, it's not... Nobody was gigging regularly, doing anything right. live music right. regularly for a good amount of time. Some, some people still, you know? Um, right, Absolutely. And the drum breaks was something that I had started in, I actually put out the first pack January 18th, I think, or like January 8th of 2020. So I, I already kind of had the ball rolling. And once the gig started to disappear, it was like, all right, well, let's, this just has to, you know, I just, I just got to put, I just got to put my foot on the gas and just start doing it, you know, and it's, it, it, it eventually took off, you know. So now where it's I'm I'm in here making drum breaks almost five days a week now, you know? Wow, wow. And the other thing you did to mention is you started a YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. It's, absolutely. It's, yeah. YouTube channel yeah. is just that that's a platform I'm kind of lacking on, you know. Um Instagram is kind of my forte, but just as much as much people love seeing how I actually make the drum breaks, that's the reason why I started the YouTube, you know. Because I I had no idea people actually enjoyed watching it, you know what I mean. So I'm I'm gonna be adding a lot more to the YouTube in the future. It's just it's harder to make it's harder to make those videos because I got I got to sit here and edit them. I can't do it on my phone, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like Instagram yeah, yeah. content is so much easier because I I can sit there all day and crank out. I try to I try to hold myself to like six or seven brand new posts a day, you know. Okay. Okay. Like I, I try to hold myself to that, and even one YouTube video a week is like killing me like i can't it's 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 impossible you know so I'm, folks in the chat already asking what your ig is man yeah they can't uh, it's what it, what, aj hall 89 there you aj go. hall, AJ hall 89. 89 yeah go ahead greg you was about to say something 
Yeah. Let's kill it. Well, so I just wanted to say, like, let's. We can't hear you, Greg. Oh, you can't hear me. Oh, it's because I'm muted. Man, you would think after eight, eight, eight months of Zoom, I knew, I know how this thing works. <laughs> uh, but you know, maybe we could take a step back just for a second yeah. and and just maybe talk about how you got to that point of again, like coming to New Orleans, yeah, and uh, taking over the scene. So, right. you know. For everyone who, who who's not familiar with AJ, you know, AJ is not only a master drummer, like AJ is a great bass player, vocalist, just all around musician. Like I've been on the gig with AJ and then we're, we're on the bridge and AJ's like D7 <laughs> as, he's, as, as he's playing the drums and stuff like that. So AJ, man, like how, how did you get into music and, and man, how did you get to that point? All the way at the beginning. All right. So my father's a bass player, so I was always around it, you know. Um, I was just uh, yeah. I was just always around music from a very very early age, and as soon as I, I started playing guitar when I was like twelve or thirteen, and that's when like all of the other kid activities stopped. Like all the sports stopped, all the you know what I mean. All the other hobbies that uh, an eleven, twelve, thirteen year old boy has just completely stopped, and I was just playing the guitar all day, every day, you know. But it, it like way up through high school when I was playing drums and guitar, I just never found a thing on that instrument. Like I knew even back then at 15 or 16, like I would sit down and try to blow and try to solo. And it just, not, like I I had nothing to say on the instrument. You know what I mean? So I, I still keep, I still keep a guitar, like, cause that's my theory instrument, you know? Like every, every drummer has their, they either, keep track of things on the piano or they keep track of things on the guitar. You know what I mean? So the guitar is where all, like when I'm saying D7 to somebody on the bandstand, I'm picturing, you know, <laughs> I'm picturing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So I'd, I, I kind of focused on drums at the end of high school and ended up going to Florida State in Tallahassee, which is, the the for those who don't know the Tallahassee to New Orleans connection is huge, like there's tons of cats that graduated Florida State, and uh, ended up moving to New Orleans. Jameson Barry, you know Jameson Ross, Barry Stevenson, uh, Riccio Frigier, Austin Johnson. Like there's a there's a whole generational thing of of cats just coming coming to New Orleans from Tallahassee, and I think it's because Tallahassee is like notoriously one of the most swinging programs in the country, you know. As far as jazz college programs go, um, they're really one of the only ones that just stops at like 1968. <laughs> you know, they're really one of the only ones that do that. Like they don't have nobody, they don't have nobody there, you know, talking about what the latest, uh, like what the latest Robert Glasper record sounds like, you know. It's not, and like, I love that too because I feel like a lot of programs start in 1968. Right, right. and it's, <laughs> I'm not knocking that. Like, so some traditional jazz, right? Like that's fine, but you know, and 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 who's really to say? Because like you can, you know, there's cats working, working out here that you know don't know anything about any of the Miles records from the 50s or any, you know, like they don't know any about that stuff. So who's really to say whether or not it's valid? But I really enjoyed being at Florida State because, like. You just got into swing and that's it. You know, not that they didn't want you to get into anything else, but like the fact that it was so focused on swing, like you compart, especially as a drummer, you compartmentalize that in your head. Like, okay, we playing straight ahead now. Darian, you know, like 
swing, sw- playing s- swing or a four letter word that we don't want to say like, right. on the drum set. That's a commitment. Like you are committing to a setup, a sound, a touch, you know what I mean? And it's like that, you know, cats like Greg Hutchison or whatever, they'll mouth off about it getting watered down and he'll go ham, but he's not wrong. You know, like he's not wrong about the swing needing to be a certain thing. It really does, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, well, like, it's, it's it's a language, like, just like right. hip-hop is a language, you know? Or funk, exactly. like, if you, yeah. like, you know, even funk has eras, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if you're playing James Brown yeah. funk yeah. versus versus modern funk, which is right. two different languages, you know? Which is it's, way it's, different. Which, yeah, and, and on the drums, it's a completely different setup, you know? Right, exactly. Completely different yeah. setup, you're going for a different sound. It's a whole, yeah. So, I, I enjoyed being in Florida State because it was just swing, you know what I mean? And you really fall in love with the groups. Like you learn about all of Monk's different quartet configurations. You know, you learn about the Miles first quintet and the quintet 1.5, I call it, which is Cannonball. And, you know, and then the second quintet, which, which is like, you know, that's the foundation of most modern jazz right there. You know, absolutely. I'm curious, man, how, how all of that informed who you actually are, because this is the thing about playing jazz is like you know we we didn't grow up listening to that music you know mm-hmm. i grew up i wanted to be tupac you know what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, but they didn't have no tupac band in school so you know <laughs> we ended up playing jazz so yeah i'm just curious like how how that informed what you're actually what you actually love to do yeah i mean honestly it's it, it was just another thing I, my musical umbrella is so huge that i have to keep everything in compartments, you know, not to say that they can't mix or whatever, not to say that like, I don't like when certain stuff happens on a straight ahead gig or whatever. I'm not saying I'm a purist, but like just to keep everything straight in my head for my own playing, like you have to compartmentalize everything. You know what I mean? So it's like, I can, I can have conversations with people about straight ahead and turn around to the person behind me and talk about a completely different, era decade of of music entirely you know what i mean right and that's like i think where a lot of cats get it twisted is like they like i look at it all laterally and a lot of cats put it in like hierarchies you know right i like that music is more difficult what music has more yada 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 that's all completely irrelevant to me it goes this way you know sometimes i feel like we're the first generation to respect all music sure like well maybe not maybe duke did and then something happened I yeah. think his name is Wynton Marcellus. That yeah, happened. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. we came along and we was like, nah, fuck that. Like, I like, I like everything, dog. You know what's funny though? It's like like Wynton is like, you ever you ever see the three Batman movies? The the Christian yeah. Bale joints? Like Wynton is the hero that that we needed, but not the hero that we wanted. You know what I mean? Because when he came along, like it was in a real dark spot. You know? Swing in general was in a very dark place. You know, nobody was doing it. And the cats that were doing it, the instrumentation and the attitude was about it was just really, you know, that's when, that's when like festivals were getting bigger and bigger. So yeah. cats were just playing these giant loud drum sets and like it, it just, <laughs> the music just took a weird turn. So right. when he came along respectfully, like there needed to be somebody like that. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, so it's, but it's a double-edged sword because he is, such a purist sometimes but i don't know i mean maybe if i came along at that time playing like he was at that time you know in the late 70s early 80s like he was a monster 
or right. like from the jump. You know? I was he? St- he still is. Now don't get yeah, twisted. No, absolutely. He still is. Yeah. And it's, so it's you know, if he yeah. if he wasn't that cat that was so strict about it back then, I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't have any cats really trying to play swing at all. You know? Yeah, that might be true. It yeah. might be true. I think it's funny too. I was watching a documentary of Winton from the eighties on YouTube the yeah. other day, and I think at one point he starts talking about Boy George. Oh God, like, man, that's some that's some asinine bullshit. I think is the quote. Yeah, yeah, like you know, and yes, it is. Yes, it is. If you're listening with those ears, you know, like I'm not saying I'm a I'm a Boy George fan, but like it's valid to somebody, you know. Hey, bro, I seen the post in the back. I see that Boy yeah. George post behind you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it first here. AJ mm-hmm. Hall's inf- main influence. Yeah, for real. <laughs> no, but it's like, you know, he was such a purist in a lot of respects, but nobody else was at that time that had that kind of status. You know, I'm sure there were cats that were thinking the same way as he was back in the early 80s, but nobody no, was able to actually <laughs> dig the, the music up out of the dirt like he did. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Which, which, I mean, it's, it's crazy too to like even see like the difference in the generation now. Like, I, I mean, I would just assume that the the guy that's on top of the the world here in terms of like jazz yeah. type music is like I would say Glasper. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, again, he's coming from those the swing roots sure. and just completely taking over like hip hop and the production sure. world and sure. And that's that's such a big swing on the pendulum from like Winton yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to Glasper yeah. in fifteen years. Yeah. You know, twenty years. I mean, me, you know, for for me, it's like I really enjoy playing like a straight ahead gig where like you're guaranteed nothing else is going to happen, but we're calling standards and playing playing tunes, right? That's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's also nothing wrong with another gig that has nothing to do with that. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Like that's that's the biggest thing. And like, yeah, it does get irritating when you're on a jam session. Sometimes and like somebody comes through and wants to sing a music soul child song. It's like, all right, here we go. You know, <laughs> but like, you know, when it starts to dilute a little bit, like oh, that's like the same time as some cat coming up and wanting to sing summertime, yeah, or or right. like not really knowing the changes. Right, yeah. So blue, always, like let's play blue bossa. Right, yeah. Like you're always in danger of it, of of like the purity getting diluted or whatever. But I don't know. It's just it's 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 cooler to be more open to stuff. So that you can be specific when you go into that area of music rather than like, like my, my biggest pet peeve is when cats get on this, like, there's no genres, you know, it's all just music. Like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Tell that to the cat playing drums with Damian Marley right now. Like no genres, really? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's like saying there's no languages. Yeah, that's why, yeah. Like, combining English and French other. and Chinese. Yeah, I can go to Venezuela right now. It's fine. Like, that, that there's it, no languages. It doesn't work like that, you know? But that, but there's beauty in that. You know what I mean? Spanish yeah, sounds insane to somebody who doesn't speak it. And they go, wow, I'm, I, I, I want to I wanna learn some phrases and words in Spanish. You know, it's the same thing. Like, you got to keep everything in its little proverbial place so that you can respect it for what it is. That's know? right. And then even even within that, there's subtle nuances because mm-hmm. you'll go to Mex- Mexico. Right. And that's one type right. of Spanish. And then you right. end up Barcelona. You're like, wait a minute, what, what language like, yeah, are they yeah, speaking? Yeah, 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 yeah. You go to, you go to Yo. DR and it's like, why are y'all yeah. speaking? Like, I thought Spanish <laughs> was a quick language. Like, why are y'all? Right. You know, it's a different. It's a different vibe. Yeah, Listen, yeah, man. Like, Bar- like, Barcelona. Let's go ahead. <laughs> Barcelona. Yeah. Let's go ahead yeah. and play one one um one of your joints right now, so the people can get on your vibe. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's actually one that's coming out tomorrow. Uh oh. 
See, see, I get there's a lot in that right there, man. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's a lot in that. Tell us about that. So that's so that's part of a pack that I'm putting out uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's okay. Called, it's called Duppy Drums, and it's all. Oh, wait, wait. It's a drum break pack that's all reggae style joints. So like, oh, okay. I try to span a little bit from like the early '70s reggae and into the '80s a little bit, where the stuff kind of got digital and bigger sounding. And I try to I try to do a couple of more modern dancehall grooves when the drum set was completely out of the conversation. Gotcha. But I play them on the drum set anyway. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. 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 It's, that's interesting, man, because like right away, I, I felt like it, it was like, I was like, damn, this is kind of like the island, but also New Orleans, but but yeah. which completely makes sense because there's a line. Definitely. You know, through the islands course, to New Orleans. Of course. So, you know what I mean? Of course, yeah. man. Jamaica, Jamaica, there's early recordings. There's early recordings from Kingston of cats trying to sound like Fats Domino. Clear, mm-hmm. clear John Cleary will speak on that, too. Like, he, yeah. he really understands the lineage. Jamaica and Cuba to New Orleans is like is insane, man. That's, Absolutely, that's an insane. Man. There's a couple of books on it, but there needs to be one consolidated, just the Caribbean up to New Orleans like kind of story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what's weird, man? The like Florida is is the South and the East Coast at the same time. You know what I mean? Like well, Florida, it's Tampa especially. <laughs> Like, this whole this whole conversation is about to turn into Florida. No, for real, it's like, well, that, well I'm and I'm realizing that because like it's where I was born and raised, but I also spent a lot of time just in the South elsewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, there's mad cats from from uh, NYC that that live here. Like, a, there's a generational thing. You know, yeah, F- Florida's like the great escape for everybody coming from New York. You know, what right, I mean? right. It's, so it's, there's like there's mad cats that are like four generations deep in in the Bronx, and one generation moves to Tampa, and now there's a connect. You know what I mean? So there's all this, there's all this Puerto Rican culture, there's Dominican culture, there's Cuban culture, but there's also a lot of families that move here from Mississippi and Alabama and Atlanta. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it's the South and it's also like the East Coast and the Caribbean all at the same time, you know. It's really it's really interesting. But yeah, that's why I say that's why I say joint a lot, because that's not that's not a that's not a New Orleans term. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not at all. So I'm just curious. So when when you're making these beats, yeah. um how how do you how do you what what is the process in deciding like <laughs> what beat to record? Are you are you consciously thinking of like maybe this is a sound producers want? Are you hearing tracks that that you are like taking grooves from? Yeah. Like, uh, what's that process? Those like? those two, the first ones that you said are really like sounds that people want. Um, you know, I've always had these kind of drum sounds in my head because I've always loved just the weird drum sounds, like not, you know. Not the classic drum sounds like the old school Steely Dan stuff. That stuff's too squeaky clean for me. Like the old Led Zeppelin drum sounds, you know, those massive kind of dirty. But then even when you get into the old James Brown records and stuff like that and the old like Memphis Soul and the old Motown records, I've always loved those drum sounds and I've always had them in my head. But in the last year or so, I just started sort of chasing after them. You know, hey, can I ask you when, when you say sounds, are you talking about like the grooves themselves? Or are you talking about like how they're recorded? The grooves and how they're recorded. The grooves and how they're mixed. Because it's really back in those days, it was how they were recorded. But me redoing them, it's how they're mixed. Because I don't have, you know, I don't have all those 
$4,000 mics and all these crazy preamps that you can only find made in 1968. <laughs> like for me, it's, I'm, I'm reverse engineering it. I capture it. I have 10 mics up. I capture the sound of the drums as clear as I can. And then I go to work, you know, but the, the grooves and stuff, honestly, that just comes from being on the bandstand. You know, that's, that's why my drum breaks have a rapport in the production community now, because a lot of the cats, uh, so in the, in the whole production umbrella or like the sample pack industry, there's mad cats doing drum breaks, right? There's a bunch of people doing drum breaks, but it's often like three different people involved before you hear drums, right? So it's a sample pack company that has the money to put up Facebook ads, that has the money to have a website that's well-established that people know of, right? Then they pay a producer, somebody who's really experienced behind like an old school console, right? Somebody who's really experienced in mixing. Then that person hires somebody to play drum set. You know what I mean? So by the time you, by the time the user hears a drum break, there's already three people that it's been diluted through. You know what I'm saying? So for me, like the reason why my drum breaks sound the way that they do is because I'm actually playing things that I would sometimes play on the bandstand and I know how I'm going to mix them while I'm playing them, you know? Like, so there, so I know when I'm playing super soft, I know that that usually means that I'm going to crank it and like nuke it on the way in. You know what I'm saying? You can't always have that kind of open communication if you're not the one playing it and mixing it at the same time. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Yeah. The, 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 the most interesting thing for me is the application because yeah. I noticed that what you do two things, you put on drum sounds, like you'll just do a bunch of snare drum sounds or hi-hat yeah, yeah. sounds, you know, and you'll put different plugins on those different sounds, but yeah. also you make the drum beats. And yeah. for a long time, I thought cats were just more interested in getting the sound so that they could build their own beats. Yeah. But Am I wrong about that since you're doing complete grooves? Well, yeah, the grace notes and the subtlety. I mean, honestly, the like drum breaks in hip hop have been like this for a long time. But, you know, you know how it is like music from the 60s and 70s. There's only so much of it, you know. Right. So at a certain point, all of the drum breaks that were ever recorded in the 60s and 70s are going to be used and they're going to be well known in the hip hop community, you know. So that's where cats like me come in because I actually understand the language of all those old, you know, Clyde Stubblefeld and all these James Brown drummers. I'm putting out, a, I'm putting out a reggae style pack tomorrow because I understand all those King Tubby records, all those early Bob Marley records. You know what I mean? Like all those early um, Lee Scratch Perry engineered records. So it's like you have somebody who understands the language on the drums and that same person is also the person who understands how to mix them, you know? Like that's to my knowledge. And I have looked, that's not really been done before, you know? Right. Right. Like most right. of the time it's a cat who knows the language and then a guy, another guy who knows how to mix all this stuff, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. And it's, and at some point, at some point, someone fucks everything up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, that's, that's, I mean, that's like, that's the cool thing about 2021 in this era that we live in is like, again, like you're the musician, producer, engineer, yeah. marketer and, and, and everything. Sure. sure. And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, so now that, I mean, you're, you're on your fifth drum pack. I'm now, on, I'm on my 10th tomorrow. Your 10th, wow. excuse yeah. me. 
you're on your tenth jump back. So so over all this time, like what, what like where have you heard your sounds? Is oh, there man. anything that was like just like the coolest thing to hear? Man. And then I gotta know also something that you were like, please take my drum sounds off of this. <laughs> I have well, the stuff that I've heard that I the stuff that I've heard producers using my drums on that I don't really dig usually doesn't make it anywhere. It's usually not like a widespread thing. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, there's stuff that I don't really dig, but most of those cats are still kind of working on this sound anyway, you know? Right. Cats um, like Drake, you know, he sucks. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> I mean that. I mean that wholeheartedly. I hate Drake, but go ahead. You, you can't deal with it? <laughs> I hate that dude. Drake and John Legend on my list, y'all. So. <laughs> now, okay, John Legend I can see. John Legend I can see. I would like both of them to come on the show, but I hate them niggas. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to see that. I want to see that go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the the places I've had, I've, I've had a really, I, I got a really good amount of them in 2020. Um, this producer, Static Selector, who's, he, he has his own show on Shade 45 on XM. Uh, he has for like 10 years. He's, he's this like, he's like the last like mogul of boom bap style hip hop. You know, okay. he's like one of the last cats really putting out. I'm not saying like, you know, cats like Pete Rock and all those guys are still alive, but like Static is like the ambassador for modern boom bap to the world, you know, because he consistently puts out a bunch of that stuff. So he ended up using a bunch of my breaks on eight of the 16 albums on his solo album that he put out in October of 2020. Wow, so that's, that's, that's huge. Yeah, and and his guest lists on his solo albums are insane because he he has all these connections. So it's like on one album, I heard like Method Man, Black Thought, Dave East, uh, Jack Harlow, wow. Ice, who just passed. Come on, um, Bun B from from uh, Bun B and Pimp C from UGK. Not okay. Pimp C, but Bun B from UGK. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Like it, it was just a whole slew of of MCs on like one album that he ended up using a bunch of my drum breaks for his beats that these rappers then picked. You know what I mean? So like that was that was pretty crazy to hear. And honestly, a really serendipitous one was there's a Kid Cudi song called "Loving Me" that like my one of my breaks is actually the main foundation for that track. That wow. came out in. Uh, November 2020. And that one is is crazy because so it wasn't actually somebody that made beats for Kid Cudi that had my breaks. It was actually his engineer, like his main studio engineer that just sort of surfed the web and somehow found me on Instagram, bought a bunch of my breaks, and they were cooking up a track in the studio. They had a guitar loop and they were like, yo, we need to put a break on this. And his engineer was like, oh, let me let me pull up. These ones, you know, and <laughs> what's crazy is like it was they end up using the first break that I like ever recorded and and, and that's crazy set as a as a you know what I mean? That's so nuts. they ended up using like the first one back when I barely knew anything about doing it when I was just kind of trying it out. I had my mics up from a rehearsal before and I was just like, you know what, let me. All right. Let's if it sounds terrible, whatever, you know. So I just played a groove and put it down, mixed it a little bit with what I knew at the time. And that ended up getting put in one of my packs later on that this cat then had, then ended up on a Kid Cudi song. And 
Yeah, the song's called "Loving Me," and let me let me look up the YouTube real quick. How, how, how does how does it work, man? Like, do they hit you up? Yeah, and, yeah, they do. They, so okay. Luckily, luckily, even though I put a PDF in all the sample packs, it says like you got to contact me if a major release happens. Like underground stuff doesn't matter, but if a label, if as a producer, a label is hitting you up. To, to talk about splits, then you got to add me on the email thread. You know, luckily it's either been like they, they've honored that PDF or the person who made the beat directly hits me up and says, yo, what's your email? Let me add you to this thing. You know? So it's luckily it's been all above board. I haven't had to chase anything down yet, but that's, you know, to my knowledge, I haven't. Right. Like, right. I'm sure, I'm sure there's something out there on a major label release that, has something of mine on it by now, but I I, I do keep an eye out. So okay, is okay. is that pretty standard uh, when in like kind of like the, the 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 loop and beat making community is like whatever you put out on your website for sale is that is it kind of understood that um that you are going to be like an, a credited yeah, on yeah. some level credit credit and actual publishing points are two different things like credit almost everybody always gets credit ever but publishing you have to state that you intend to be a part of the split conversation with the publisher, you know, which I always do, you know, cats put out royalty free stuff. And like, there's, there's cats that do put out royalty free packs, but they're at a status to where the sales of the pack greatly outweighs what they would make on publishing, you know? Right. Right. Like there's, there's a company called Cymatics that is like really well known. I actually just played a bunch of breaks for their pack. That's also what I've been doing besides making these packs is like I've been playing for other producers sample packs that don't play drums themselves, you know? Right, right. So I, I did one for the Cymatics uh, pack that they just put out like a month and a half ago. And they they paid me really well to just play raw drums and send it to them to mix. They paid me really well, uh, but they they told me that the reason why they do royalty-free and not chasing down publishing with any of their stuff is because their brand is so huge that anytime they put out something, it just does an astronomical amount of sales. So it don't even matter, right? Yeah, exactly. And honestly, it'll probably get hard for them to chase down all of that publishing after a while, you know? Right, right. (laughs) So, you know. But yeah, the the Kid Cudi song that my first drum break ever ever made it on is at, it's at, uh, 900k views on YouTube right now. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's you a famous, bro. damn famous, bro. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm just trying to trying to get my little slice. Trying to get my little slice. That's all. It's even better than being famous, man. You're the dude playing all the all the jams, and you still get to go to the supermarket without people. Sure, yeah, them. honestly, yeah. I'll take that any day, man. I'll take that any day, man. Look, man. Let me play one more. Let me play another break. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, that, that's left field drum breaks right there. AJ Hall, yeah. we got we got in the house, man, and all of his stuff is for sale. And you, but you gotta get you gotta give him the publishing points, though. You know that ain't nothing like that mailbox. If it's money, you know if, if it's a major placement, if it's a major okay. placement, I got Mad Cats doing 
you know, making beats and hanging out with my stuff. Yeah. It's totally cool. But if it's minor, put my name on it. Let me give me a yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a minor release, man. They'll send you an invoice and yo, like uh, you actually owe me twenty. Yo, it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. You need to pay us for this. <laughs> oh man. So, man, you've been doing all this incredible work. So, what is like what, what's what does the future look like for you, man? Are you trying to? get back into live performance? Are you, do you feel like kind of settled into this production world or what um, are you aspiring to do after this? That's actually a good question because I've, I've, I've done a fair amount of gigging here in Florida. Like, you know, outdoors is everywhere. Everybody's outside all the time in Florida. Like I have a weekly gig that I do on Thursdays where I just spin records, you know? Um, so, I mean, the live performing thing, I've, I, I've, done a, I've done a little bit of it since I've been here. It's honestly going to get weird to get back into it because I'm so, I got my feet dug in so hard in this production thing now. Um, I mean, I'll take it. It's, it's honestly just going to be whether or not I can juggle it, you know, cause you know how it is. Like when you're, when you're just gigging, playing, touring, whatever during yeah. the day, <laughs> you, you hanging out, you shedding. Right. If that, you know, like during the day is your kind of rest to do whatever. Cause you're out, till two in the morning, three in the morning, four or five nights a week, whatever, whatever. Or you just got off of, you know, five weeks on the road. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if I can juggle it, you know, because the Cleary schedule, there's nothing on, on the schedule with John Cleary right now. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not trying to book things intelligently, you know, it's just, so when it, if, and when touring really opens back up, it's going to be interesting. I'll say that. Like I'm at any moment, they can book a whole tour and cancel it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, don't like, be on here projecting. I'm projecting. I'm projecting my problems on you. Yeah. Hey, bro. You know what it is, man. So, you know, like the, the touring and gigging stuff, I'll take it when it comes back. Because honestly, what I was doing, even before I started making these drum breaks, when I was making beats, like full instrumentals, I was attaching a, I was attaching a trip to like a major industry city at the end of a tour, you know? So instead of telling the booking agent, like, Hey, instead of flying me back home at the end of this tour, can you book me a ticket to LA and I'll get my, I'll get my ticket home, you know? And they say, cool. So you end up only paying for one flight to go out and network and politics somewhere as a producer, you know? So I was doing that for a while. And now I actually have like a roster of people I can hit up when I'm in a lot of major cities, you know? So that's going to be an interesting uh, plus side when touring does come back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting for a lot of musicians because yeah. I think people are branching out to do a lot of different things. Right. And, right. and now, you know, it's a year and a half, two years later, you starting yeah. to make money from these things. You're like, you know what? The road like, you is know what, cool. Man? Yeah. I know. But I know, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, we have family, so it's not sure it's, the, the road sure. is cool. But if I can yeah. be home and make that mailbox money, then I'm, yeah. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay home. Then it, yeah, <laughs> then it becomes a thing about priorities. But you know, I mean, the the Cleary gig is like one of it's in my like ten years of touring and gigging experience. It's it's like one of the easiest situations ever to be. In, you know, like it's always get taken care of. Like yeah, the road has its things. You got to be up at you know, get back at two, you gotta, you gotta lobby call at seven, that kind of stuff. But right. like five. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like it, 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 like the bread is cool. You know, the, the touring situation is always nice. 
So it's not like it's a gig that I was looking to get out of, you know. <laughs> but it, that that being said, we'll see because it's it's going to be interesting to see if it comes back full force like it was, or if it comes back to where it was in 2019 when I was starting to sort of look around for what else I could be doing. You know? Right, right. Absolutely. If it comes back in that capacity, I'm cool. I can juggle both. Yeah. But if it comes back to where I like every weekend I got to be out, then it's going to get interesting. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At some point, that's you know that's that's the reality that it's probably going to go back to. But you know, the question is, are we going to be available yeah. to step back into that life we were living sure, before? Sure. And you know, maybe, maybe not. And I just want to clarify to everyone: when AJ says Cleary's gig is easy, you should put a big asterisk next to that <laughs> because uh, if you put me behind the drum set and want me to do some backup vocals, oh well, Clary, yeah. I mean, the, the playing <laughs> part of it that ain't happening. The, the playing it's a very demanding gig, but. For someone with my skill set, it's not like that gig is is fantastic for me. But you know? th- that's your gig, man. Yeah. When you find a gig that's your right. gig, right? It's like, <laughs> you, you keep know, that gig. We're playing New Orleans second line style stuff, but it's a little bit more modern of a twist. You know what I mean? Right. It's not Prez Hall. You know, y'all y'all play funky, bro. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so so I mean, even even when we're playing like second line stuff. It's second line informed. I'm not going to. Right. I'm not playing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's more informed by like post meters type second line stuff. Right. That, and it's a trio and it's three part harmonies all around. And it's like you got it like Cleary lives in 1968 in his brain. You know, and me, <laughs> like me, I'm kind of in. You know, my heyday is kind of like 2014, 2015. Okay. And Cornell, the bass player, is in 91, you know. Right, right. So right. it's like we we all bring a different, we all bring a different, like, texture to how we play to the gig, you know. Because when I he plays, when, when John Cleary plays with, you know, Singleton and Vidakovic, it's way out of there. You know what I mean? It's nothing like what his regular trio sounds like, but it's cool that way, you know? Right, right. So it's like, but he's still doing him, you know? He doesn't Absolutely. play differently with us than he would with Vidakovic and Singleton, you know? Hey, you got to be true to yourself, man. Exactly, yeah. You know, yeah, and that, like, that's one of the few gigs that actually allows that, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, I really don't play on that gig differently for the most part than I would on any other, like, pocket gig, you know? That's what's up. I don't have to change much, you know. That's what's up. Look, man, we we coming to the end here, AJ. And yep. uh, before we go, though, I do want to give you an opportunity to tell the people where where to buy all your your break beats. Yeah, yeah. Your hats, your Florida t-shirts. <laughs> I gotta you know I gotta get on the merch thing, man. That's 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 something I've been meaning to get to. Okay. I gotta, Ooh, I gotta get on the merch thing, and I gotta get on the vinyl thing. I'm gonna start putting Absolutely. out records. I'm Absolutely. Start putting out these breaks on records, but got it see the price point and everything like that. Cause that's that, that joints get expensive, but yeah. Um, so all of my, all of my drum breaks are on ajhallmusic.com and you just go to the tab and click on drum breaks. Um, but also all of my full like instrumental beats are up there too. Like that's honestly making full, making full instrumental beats. Like that's honestly what I w- thought I was going to end up doing back in late 2019. Like, that's what I thought I was going to really put my foot into is like selling beats and trying to work with, with rappers, you know? <sighs> and then the drum breaks started to take off. And honestly, I, ha- I haven't made a beat in, in like six, seven months, you know? 
Yeah. This has yeah. been all drum breaks. But those are up there too on AJHallMusic.com. Um, or you can go to my Instagram profile, um, AJHall89. That's okay. AJHall89. That's that's my handle on TikTok, Twitch, and Facebook too. So that's all of them. Yeah, yeah. Cool. AJ Hall 89, not AJ Hall 69. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's just that's just the that's the year I was born. I wear that I wear that 89 stamp with pride. Hey. Like the 89, it. the 88, 89 babies. We, like we we remember cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We remember dial-up phones. We remember like I had a record player when I was a kid. No that, internet. That the, yeah, yeah. But we were but we were around for the birth of the internet. And like I didn't grow up using an iPhone. I grew up using a Nextel chirp. You know That's what I mean? right. So like we're chirp, chirp. right. Yeah, exactly. Like 89 babies, 88, 89 babies. I feel That's like the we bridge. were the last ones to not be just completely brainwashed by the information age like we were right before everything just completely opened up and there was no small world anymore you know like we were we were kids right before that happened you know with that being said everyone follow aj on instagram (laughs) yeah yeah with that being said i'm on tiktok twitch twitter youtube i'm online 24 hours yeah yeah yeah. that being said i show up to i show up to instagram like a shift at arby's i'm there aj hall 89 aj hall 89 y'all go check him out and and buy all the aj stuff he's everywhere and uh yeah bro aj man thank you so much for coming on a working artist appreciate y'all man yeah. Thank you, AJ. Listen Congratulations. Deep. And uh, man, I wish you all the success in the world. I can't wait to hear you on Drake's new record. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be back in uh I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be back in the city on the first, actually. I got a hit with, I got a hit with Clear on May 1st. I was just there last weekend, but I got a hit. Greg Ajid Quartet Reunion. Yeah, Come bro. I mean Reunion man, show. Yo, no, real talk. When the when when the when the joints start getting back, like just just let me know because I'm most likely going to be in and out quite a bit. Man, these spirit flights would, and these Southwest flights is cheap, man. Cheap, cheap. That would make me so happy. These joints I have, cheap. I have, so, that would be yeah, so cute. Let me hey, know. Uh, I'll, I'll be there. I love New Orleans, but just so y'all know, the city is New York, man. Just, just, just so, just so we're clear about that, man. When you say so, the city, so, I'm just, just so saying, Darian's bro. head explodes, uh, the city, according to Drake, is Toronto. Oh, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna like spam your 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 text message with not with <laughs> Listen, y'all, we gotta get out of here, man. Y'all, this is the Working Artist Project. My name is Darren yeah, yeah. Douglas. I'm Greg Ajid. Thank you so much, AJ. Yeah, y'all. Appreciate y'all having me, man. Peace.